Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power call, this is Susan Shereko. Welcome. It's my pleasure to introduce you to Henry Dyson, who's author of the Franklin Myers series for children and several other books. With a degree in education, Henry's adventures teach a lesson or two in their pages, so please wave your hands to welcome Henry Dyson. Hello, Henry. Welcome. Hello, Sharon. Thank you for having me. I'm most happy to have you. You know, you have such a varied background. When I was looking over our notes from our first conversation, you, you've taught, you, you're a writer, you've done real estate, Bible study, and you're a family person. Um, you, you were born in the South, you moved to the Northeast, and now you've returned to the South. How would you describe yourself? Well, I'd, I'd say that I'm a, a person who likes other people, who likes to help other people. Uh, I would say I'm considerate. I hope I'm a good listener and uh, a person who likes to share knowledge, build people, and encourage them. I love that description. It is not the stuff. It's the qualities that you're talking about, and I appreciate that. Yes. Now, you grew up in South Carolina during the 1940s and 50s. And how does that influence your writing today? Well, I grew up in a family of eight children. Uh, of course, mom and dad also. We lived on a farm. We had a simple life um, and never really wanted for uh, any basic needs. Now, there's some things we wanted, which we couldn't get or didn't get, but all of our basic needs were met there. and. Uh, what I try to do in my writing is to show some people how that life was. Uh, one of the things that I realized is that many of our young people don't necessarily know their history. They don't know how they got to where they are now. And I think it's helpful for them to know that. Uh, for example, uh, simple things like now, uh, cell phones. I mean, look, I grew up in a situation where we didn't have electricity. So, so I try to make the connection uh, so that folks will think and, and, you know, learn about the history and hopefully have an effect on their lives. My goodness. You know, I, I'm thinking about that. I get in a panic if I don't have electricity for three days because of a windstorm. <laughs> and my cell phone battery has died and I am... I am without communication. <laughs> what an incredible difference to make people aware of if they weren't aware of. I think that's key. You know, you have, I think you said one of the books that you've written is about how uh, one family led the way to help a community solve a big problem, the, the quest for racial equality or at least kindness between the races. Uh, which book is that? That's the Big Gray House and the School Bus. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a story of how uh, 
it started with one family to correct the problem or to affect the problem that was uh, affecting the whole community. And, of course, uh, growing up in the racially segregated South, we had our own uh, public schools, and they were not equal, I can assure you that, but still we were able to, to learn and, and to progress. So one of the that problem was walking to school uh, or getting to school. You know, for us, getting to school, we had to walk, or if our parents were... Um, fortunate they would drive us, but they were not going to drive us there every day. So we, we had to walk to school. Uh, of course, on the other hand, the white students were bused to school. And in addition to them being bused and passing us up and getting us dusty and dirty and so forth, of course, they would taunt us and maybe throw things at us and say all kinds of things to us. Uh, we had to do that through the rain and so forth. So, uh, uh, my father, who I really uh, admire, and, and he was really smart and ahead of his time, uh, thought that it might be a good idea if we tried to get our own school bus. Now, the way that happened is that he worked at a place where he was a mechanic, and he overheard some people talking about a school bus that was no longer going to be used by the white schools and was going to be discarded or junked. And his first thought was, well, maybe we can buy this bus for our students. And that's sort of how the idea started and, you know, it grew from there. Well, now, that, it did grow and it was successful. You were, they were able to get the school bus, yes? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Mm -hmm. The, um, at the school, my parents were active in the PTA, and they took the idea. Well, first, he, he, he approached the idea to some neighbors whose children were in the same situation we were in. They liked it, and then they presented the idea to the PTA. Well, the members of the PTA liked it also, and then, of course, there was the other cost of how are we going to raise the money? Mm -hmm. Now, that, that was a real problem, but, but once the PTA latched on to the idea, I mean, they really ran with it. They came up with ideas, um, for raising monies, and we're talking here, you know, pennies and nickels and dimes. We're not talking, you know, uh, big bucks, dollars, checks and so forth. Uh, and so the members of the community just decided to do things that they, in a way, that would contribute to the purchase of the bus. That's awesome. To, to be your own resources, to figure it out. How can we raise the money? That is, I mean, that's the power of a group to work together and make that happen. But why, why did you feel it was important to tell the story to the kids? Because, as I said before, they don't even, they, they never even had a thought about the bus. They, they always, the bus was already there, always there. It wasn't a thought that someone had to, had to create the, the first one. And so, uh, one of the, the, the background ideas of, one, of my books is also to get parents and grandparents talking to their grandchildren. And what got me to this idea was, I have a son who has, I have a grandson who has autism. 
And, you know, as a grandfather, I planned to do a whole lot of things with him and teach him and go fishing and hunting and all those other things, but he has autism, so I couldn't do that. So I thought what I would do is put some of my childhood into books that other children could read sort of in the name of Dylan, my grandson. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if if I could get, and, and what I found is that many people my age have enjoyed the book. Now, books are written for children. But people my age uh, have enjoyed the books, and the idea was to get them talking to their grandchildren, or maybe even reading to their grandchildren the stories, and they could bring their own life stories into the picture, and, you know, it would be a good connection. Absolutely. I mean, I I think uh, there's another one of your books that, uh, or or aspects of one of your books, and now I'm not sure which one it is, but I'll come back to that in a minute. You mm-hmm. also published um, a book called The Boy That Knew Everything. Again, it's got an important message to it. Um, tell us a little bit about that one. Okay, that's the, the that's my latest book, the last one I've done. Uh, I was volunteering in a uh, afternoon school program, and we had a young uh, a boy in the class who did not read very well. But he tried to cover that up by knowing some other things. And to the point of, you know, maybe not forcing, uh, suggesting maybe not calling him for him to read, but he, he couldn't cover that up and, and he wouldn't, uh, he really wasn't very receptive to help. Mm. So I said, well, how can I, how can I reach this boy and maybe reach some other, uh, boys at the same time? So I came up with this idea that that I wrote um, part of a story and left it off at a certain point where the the boy who who knew everything had a problem because he couldn't read the street signs. He couldn't read the street signs to get back home. So then I asked the other students in the class to help write a proper ending for the story. So I left him with a problem, and I asked the other students to write uh, an ending. So some of the, some of the students wrote an ending. Uh, even one boy drew an ending. For example, he he developed a uh, sort of a superhero who would help rescue the boy, and he drew pictures <laughs> and whatnot that went along with it. So yeah, I, I love that because I just I just love to see the the imagination coming forward uh, from yes. from students. Yes, absolutely. I that that's the thing I wanted to m- mention. It's the it's the the book in which you have lots of games within the book itself, activities that that are meant to teach children to use their imaginations um, with things they have right on hand. Yeah, you know, um, again, growing up, um, uh, our resources were limited, so we had to make games out of what we had. Uh, today's children uh, go inside, turn on the television or the computer, and they play video games. Wow. They didn't exist. So we mm-hmm. had to take basic things and and make games. You know, sticks and, and stones <laughs> and string. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, and I believe that, that that kind of creativity even helped me uh, as I got into my employment, my occupation, you know, in problem solving. 
you know. So you you, you become imaginative in pro- solving problems, and you learn that as children growing up. Oh, I so agree with you. I I I know I felt that way when the first Barbie dolls came out, mm-hmm. because when they came out, they had their own rooms, they had furniture, they had clothes, everything was given, you know, they came as part of the doll collection. You yeah. spent a fortune buying those things, but you didn't make them. Yeah. And when I was younger, we made them. If I needed a bed, I might have to go find an empty tissue box and yeah. and make that the, the mattress. You know, it it just is, it's a different approach to playing. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I value that. Speaking of Barbie, for example, I, I just happen to think of this right now, that my sisters um, didn't have the dolls, but they would take an ear of corn. You know, the ear of corn that, that starts out, and it has the strings coming out of the top of the ear? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they would, they would take the, the corn, and the strings coming out of the corn became the hair of the doll, which they used to practice on. Yes, I love that. that. Kids can do that. They see the comparison. Their imaginations work over time to create something that they want. It's, so I love that you make that part of some of your storytelling. And, and I just uh, want to say one other thing regarding those yeah. that, that last book. Mm-hmm. We had, I had four boys involved. So each one of them, you know, wrote their part. And then um, I got the pictures in the book. Uh, I had uh, book signings. I had them present for the book signing. Um, there's a pharmacist uh, involved in the story. We went to the pharmacy. They got a chance to meet the pharmacist. And, you know, he was instructing them and suggesting, hey, you guys can be pharmacists too. So it's just sort of designed to spread their horizons beyond what yes. they, they were even thinking. Absolutely. Those trips are vital, you know, yeah. to get out and see the world and meet people and, and get a role model. If you yeah. are interested in something, there's an example of somebody who's actually done it. That's, that's an important thing, too. So, do you, do you feel that, obviously, you feel that all this historical, you know, the stories themselves, the real, the real stories behind, you know, the events of the day are important. Do you think they're even more important today, more relevant to our lives? Well, I think so because, you know, we are seeing, even though we think we've gotten past certain things uh, in our lives, uh, periodically we see the same things coming back up again. I mean, uh, quite honestly, it's written in the Bible, there's nothing new under the sun, uh, but some of these same things uh, that we're experiencing now in, in our nation are things that are coming back, or in some cases, folks are attempting to turn back uh, time and to turn back changes and so forth. So if we can develop a group of young people who are willing to, to learn, who are willing to try, who are willing to be imaginative uh, about situations, uh, then I think, you know, they may be a big part of us helping to solve some of the hang-ups and whatnot that older people may have. Now, you mentioned the, the reading the Bible, you know, the stories you find in the Bible, but you have written your own books on the Bible and on Bible studies and all sorts of things. Yes, um, uh, 
for me, Sunday school was a Sunday morning ritual every Sunday, church, the entire family. And so I learned a lot by being in school and studying the Bible and so forth. So I'd like to think that studying the Bible is fun. So I did a couple of books to urge people to do that. Uh, the, the first one is uh, outlining your Bible study. For example, uh, the idea there is for you to, to, to take a passage and do a little outline of it to help you better understand it, uh, not just to read it through. You know, for example, I say, you, you can't read the Bible like you read Time magazine. Uh, the Bible is something that has so many lessons in it for so many times. You need to spend some time reading it uh, over. So uh, by taking the time, taking, say, a, a chapter, and just sort of outlining in that chapter the things that happen, uh, that helps you with the Bible study. And I think that that makes the Bible study easier. And so what I did is I put together some examples of things that I came up with as a result of outlining a particular chapter. Now, that book also has a couple of uh, quizzes in it. It has a Christmas quiz. It has a Bible quiz. And um, I'm saying that this book is good for teachers. It's good for lay leaders. It's good for uh, even pastors when they don't have a sermon or when the Lord hasn't... <laughs> <laughs> the Lord hasn't given, a, given them a particular sermon on this day. Grab this book, you know, and you can uh, you can see something in there that you can use. I love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it is a challenge, I imagine, some mornings to get up and figure out what you're going to say in the, from the pulpit. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. indeed. So, you have another one, too, about five ways to handle God's Word. Okay. Now, again, uh, this, this came out of my Bible study. Mm -hmm. And it actually uh, goes back to one of the uh, Bible devotional aids that I used. And um, this really, and I, in the book I give credit to that, uh, to that source, but it says that if you handle God's Word in those ways, it will be more meaningful to you. Okay? And and mm -hmm. those those five ways are you need to read the Bible and, and again, don't read it like you read Time magazine, but read it over and over. Number two, you need to memorize it. Now obviously you can't memorize the whole Bible, but you can memorize certain scriptures. And the the importance of memorizing is that you may be in a situation where you don't have your Bible, but uh, the, the Holy Spirit will help bring to your memory that which you have memorized so you can use in the proper situation. So memorization. Mm -hmm. And the other one is meditate. You know, just spend some time. Sometimes you may need to read a section over and over and just uh, just think about it. And I, I tell you, sometimes to me, I've read over things and, you know, I, and I wake up in the middle of the night, that comes to my mind, the Lord says, this is what, you know, I want you to think about, uh, even think about it some more. So just spend some time thinking about it. But the, the fourth one is listening. You know, listen to the word. Now, I, I say listen to the word. Of course, you get that preached on the radio, on television, and so forth. But 
I like the idea of reading, but reading out loud. You mm -hmm. see, even, even yes. reading out loud, you are now addressing three of your senses. Okay? You yes. read it, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. touching the book, and you're hearing it. Okay? So, and, and learning takes place better when more of your senses are being utilized. Okay? And then, of course, the, the, the fourth one is just plain old study. You know, uh, you need, you need study guides, you need good books, you need, um, commentaries, uh, all of those things, uh, which you can have a, an effective study of the Bible. And, and of course, the messages from the Bible are limitless and you just keep learning. And then, then once you learn it all, now you need to find ways to put it into practice in the way that you live. Fun ways to apply it. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, yes, and in that one, I'm, in that book, I may have a couple of quizzes to, you know, uh, imaginative ways of, of looking at uh, things, or looking at, at teaching. Um, a couple of ones in, in that book, which I really like, is I do uh, uh, a diagram uh, regarding the parable of the lost which involves mm. the parable of the lost sheep, the, the lost coin, and the lost son, the prodigal son. Well, everybody knows the prodigal, but uh, I, I do a diagram in there and make a nice uh, way that you can go to uh, to teach this. So I just, again, trying to be imaginative, to make learning fun, and to make teaching fun. That's great. I think that's you, you that's those are very practical suggestions for how to study the Bible or get to know the Bible better. Because I I made that a project last year was to read the Bible cover to cover for the very first time. I'd never uh, done it. I was yeah. always hearing scripture, you know, when I would go to church where people would talk or they would write and they'd include a verse from the Bible in their writing. But I never saw it all connected together to see the patterns and things like that. And it was an interesting exercise. But yeah. to have multiple ways to approach that, you know, that that's a great way to do it because it's it's overwhelming to try to take it all in in the Time magazine style. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah, and, and, so. and, and even when you listen, now you know, we go to we go to church and we listen to the pastor who uh expounds the word from him. But the the great thing about the Bible is that when the pastor reads the Bible, you know, the Lord may say one thing to him. When you read the Bible, it may say something else to you. That's right. You know, when you read the Bible uh, on Monday the 25th, it will say one thing to you. It could be the same scripture. But you read that again on uh, June the 1st, you know, and they have another message for you. And, mm -hmm. and that's, uh, but, but you don't get that message unless you are in there reading Memorizing, listening, and so forth. Right. Absolutely. It is an ever-growing experience yeah. to keep going back to. Yeah. Uh, since it takes a year or more to get through the Bible, I am amazed that some people have read it in its entirety six or seven times. Yeah. Uh, that they put that much time into the study. It's yeah. really, it's, it's marvelous. So are you still writing, Henry? Well, <laughs> I, I said that uh, my when I when I did uh, the school bus, I said that was my last book. 
because mm-hmm. what I had done up to that point, I had done one book per year starting in the year 2010. So one book every year. And then when I did the, the Big Gray House uh, and the school bus as well, that, that's it. I wasn't going to write anymore. And then I got involved with this, uh, this class. Um, uh, we're in a situation and bang, then the, the second book uh, came out. So, well, I guess what I say to, to people who like to write is, uh, make the notes, make notes about ideas that you get. Uh, don't throw away any of your writings. You know, try to put them in some sort of order, or file them, because you're not sure when you're going to need them. So, uh, to answer your question, Yes, I'm, I'm writing, but I don't have a formalized, uh, project in the, in the work right now. I just have a lot of ideas around. Now you self-publish, is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Uh, I, um uh, uh, nobody knew who I was or, you know, hopefully they're now knowing who I am, more people. But, uh, going to a book company with an idea, uh, you know, sometimes would be very difficult. So I just decided to do it on my own, um, even do some of my own promotions and so forth, and uh, didn't expect to earn a living on it, uh, but of course, you know, any of that's welcome. And I thought, I'm going to do this for my satisfaction, and if I can help to influence some other people as a result of it, then uh, that will be fine. So are you seeing where you are influencing or having an impact on people? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I run into um, uh, students sometimes, uh, and, and now these are adult students and uh, children who are students. Um, I have um, I've been teaching for a while, so obviously I've taught lots of uh, even real estate professionals, managers. Uh, I get positive feedback from them. I run into Bible students uh, who uh, comment favorably on influencing their lives, and uh, I feel very certain that these uh, four boys that did, the, the boys who did, who knew everything from me, uh, are being positively affected. In fact, I think one of these uh, boys, you know, with a little push, and I'm trying to do that, could really make a, a career out of his graphic design because of, ah, he, yes. because mm-hmm. of what he yeah, prepared for the book. Oh, how wonderful! That's uh, and you you stay in touch with them, obviously, because you're in the area and have a way to get in touch with them. That's very yes, nice. Yeah, yes, I do, and and I also will be uh, assisting them wherever I can with some of their their studies, you know, school supplies and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, as a result of them borrowing through the book. How wonderful! Where where are the books? Where are your books available, Penny? Well, uh, the publisher was Traff, Trafford Publishing, so they're available there. Uh, they're also available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And um, I, I had a website at one point. That I didn't. Uh, I don't still have it, but I do have email, and uh, folks may contact me directly at my email. It's uh, H A D. B-A-D at A-T-T dot net. That's hadbad at A-T-T dot net. Uh, hadbad happens to be the initials of me and my wife. Ah. At A-T-T. 
Okay. <laughs> where do you where do you promote your books? I mean, do you do presentation? Yes, uh, I go to to book fairs, to book presentations, to book shows. Uh, I have uh, gone to the uh, local school district, uh, visited schools. Uh, of course, have local uh, book signings uh, here uh, in Orangeburg and elsewhere. So wherever I, I get an opportunity, uh, I show up, and uh, wherever they'll receive me, make a presentation. That's wonderful. Uh, do you are you active in social media as well? Uh, you know, not as much, and I probably uh, should be a little more. Uh, I, I actually haven't. Uh, um, uh, Facebook uh, account, but I probably don't use it very much. Uh, I, think my, I think my wife uses it more than I do. I, my wife uses it more than I do, and I know that my daughter uses it more than I do. So uh, uh, I think what I'll do is I, I'm going to uh, bend their arms to do a little little promotion for me through their their, their followers. Excellent idea. That that's yeah. great labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the main message that you want people to take away from your writing? Well, uh, one, I, I want people to know that they can make a difference. You know, one person can make a difference in a situation. A uh, prime example of that is the, the school bus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as I look back over my life, I can point to a number of people who have positively influenced me. So if each person can positively influence one other person, start a ripple effect, that will be a positive step. Now, we know that we can't uh, conquer the whole world. And in some cases, we can't help the whole world one person. Mm-hmm. One person. And, and also, the book, uh, I'd, I'd like to think that the book is a very strong advocate for the family. Mm-hmm. For the family. Uh, families like ours, which grew up in you know, difficult situations. But to this day, we are united as a group. Uh, we stay together, we do things together, uh, and we have uh, taken on the characteristics that our parents were trying to, to teach them, teach us. So actually, you know, what I say, you know, when somebody, uh, you know, gives me a compliment about something, I said, well, my, my parents would be proud because it meant that I learned what they were trying to teach me. And, uh, that's that, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's that's always to 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 help others to you know do the right thing. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, we had a basis in a good Christian family. That's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you for sharing all your books with us that we've talked about today, Henry. Um, let's remind our listeners: we've been speaking with Henry Dyson, who's the author of *The Big Gray House in the School Bus*, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online, Trafford Publishing. Uh, all places where you can pick up a copy. I call them Adventures for Your Imagination (laughs) because they are delightful in that way. So thank you again, Henry. Well, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I hope that 
some of the things that I've said today and made a positive influence in somebody's life. Amen to that. Well, that does it for us today, folks. Bye for now, and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.